0: In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure, cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, LLS, will host a trailblazing event called Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps. Inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, or your treadmill, climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, and cure. Register at lls.org slash bigclimb. Again, that's LLS.org slash Big Climb. Welcome to a new episode of Wizards After Dark. Uh, recording this one late on a Wednesday night. Should be up for you guys on Thursday morning. Um had a couple things I wanted to touch on before getting into the episode Uh, First, I just wanted to introduce my producer, Andrew Schlecht, who uh, is uh, has been producing the show for a while. But I was like, Andrew and I used to co-host a podcast in Oklahoma City. And Andrew, I was like, why? Why the hell are you just not being on the show more? So Andrew's just going to kind of be on the show more now and just kind of kind of be eyes, eyes and ears. I guess eyes don't listen, but ears, ears listening and, uh, and and chiming in. And, and chime it in whenever you damn, please right that's right, I'm really just here to be your fact checker. I think this is what this is all about <laughs> which which I desperately need. <laughs> <laughs>
1: who knows what I could say and also just a decent reminder of how long you
0: were at mass live in Boston <laughs> is another one of my missions. <laughs> well, well, on the show in a second, we're going to be having uh we're going to be having Jay King from uh, obviously the Athletic and covers the covers the Celtics for us, and uh, we're going to be having Sam Packard, and th- those guys have a have a Celtics podcast for us. Anything is potable, which you can go check out. Before we jump into it, I just wanted to say um, I always think of sports as a great escape from things, and before. Right as around when coronavirus stuff started to get really bad, I remember I said something on the podcast along the lines of, We're going to talk about coronavirus related things because that's just intertwined with everything in the world nowadays. And you can't escape it, right? And so I I said that I was at least going to do my best to try to keep it just to basketball because for me, when I turn on a basketball podcast. There are certain people that I'll go to and I, I want to learn about the world and I want to keep up on current events and all these certain things. And then sometimes when I turn on a basketball podcast, I just kind of want to use it as an escape. And I think with the way the world is today, um, I, I still want to use that the podcast that way. Um, and so that's that's kind of how I'm going to try to conduct it from now moving into the future. That being said, I do think that when you have a platform, you have a social responsibility to use that platform to help other people. And one thing that you know, I've, I've been trying to, you know, if you see my writing over at the Athletic, you, I've been putting up stories about it, most specifically with Natasha Cloud talking about some incredible stuff with Black Lives Matter, which you can you can check that over over at the Athletic, just talking about the Black Lives Matter protests and systemic racism and police brutality and. She's a huge anti-gun violence advocate and you can check that out and uh, you can check that, that story out over there because she's, she's brilliant and has a lot of brilliant things to say and, and it's worth it's worth reading that. I really, I barely wrote in it. I just laid out her quotes and, and let them speak for themselves. And the other thing that I will say is I saw a, a bunch of writers doing this and I think it's a great idea. Um, we, Andrew, like we work in an industry, like how many white people do we see in our industry? Oh, a lot. <laughs> a lot. And it's, yeah. it's just not as diverse as, it's neither as diverse as it could be or as diverse as it should be. And I think that comes through in every way possible. It comes through in the obvious ways when you occasionally see people publish tone-deaf things where if you think, wow, you know what? If this weren't all white people working here, maybe maybe somebody would have said, ah, this is, this is not right. Uh, and then you obviously just see it in, you, 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 don't see it in the, in the subtler ways, but, but it still always comes through. And, mm-hmm. um, I think every one of us who works in this industry has a responsibility to help improve it. And so I think one thing that I think I need to do is, um, if there are any young writers of, of any race, but, but I, I know there are probably a lot of black writers who feel like, well, I don't know somebody who's a sports writer. How do I get into this? And I just wanted to say like, shoot me an email. I have students who email me all the time and I always love it. My email is fcats at theathletic.com. And like, shoot me an email and tell me you wanna be a sports writer and I will talk to you. I always respond when like students or young people who wanna be sports writers, like I always respond. So no matter who you are, like know that you can you can reach out to writers and you can find, you can find that mentor. And I am happy to talk to people. I'm happy to put people in touch with people. I'm happy to read people's work and give them my thoughts. Like, I am incredibly happy to do that. And I think we should all be committed to turning this industry that we're in, which is way too white, into um, a greater reflection of what the world is and what our country is. So definitely take me up on that. If you want to be a sport, anybody, anybody, if you want to be a sports writer, shoot me an email and I'm happy to talk to you about stuff and and we can... Uh, we can chat, Andrew. Anything, uh, anything to add here? Should we, uh, should we jump right in? No, I, th- I think that in
1: in a lot of ways, I think everybody wants change, but I think we also have to step back and think what is something that I can do. And I think that's that's a really great way to be able to just promote change yourself. Uh, a way that I know is donating funds to organizations that are doing the right things, but realistically myself i think that that's that's a great way is how can i help diversify the field that i'm in to where we're not having these issues where we're at you know you can you can try to make sure you're taking care of your area making sure that people know uh really just a a way to just love each other and to respect each other in in the ways that it's supposed to be
0: you know i didn't bring you on here to have a yes man you didn't have to, uh,
1: you, I mean, if I were, were, to, if to, I, if I were to tell you that you're doing the wrong thing there, I
0: don't, I don't know that you want me to be on here either. <laughs> That's, that is very true. If you told me I was doing the wrong thing, you'd be gone real quick. Um, but yeah, to the protesters out there, like keep fighting the fight, man. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, and now here is one hour of total meaninglessness and <laughs> basketball podcasting a crossover episode today we got wizards after dark merging with anything is potable i'm fred katz i'm the host of wizards after dark and and on a on a on a force a quad screen whatever it's called what in front of me i got a uh, I got i got my producer andrew schlecht what's up guys and then i got the anything is potable gentlemen. Yeah, you're not gentleman. You're not respectable enough to be gentleman. But there's a that
2: is a that is the truest thing you've ever said. <laughs> that that's I would say Jay. I would say I'm half a gentleman. I don't the- think I'm a full gentleman. But on the scale, I don't want to be lumped in with Jay. We got one scumbag and half a one and a half scumbags. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sam, I'm not used to uh you being on a podcast without you screaming at the beginning. So
2: I can scream anything is potable if you if you want. <laughs> I know what happens. I have a natural reaction where I go, anything is potable. And I immediately throw Steve Holt arms into the air. And it's just <laughs> those are those it. are Johnny drama arms, dude.
0: Victory. <laughs> I, try,
2: I try to get more vertical for the Steve Holt, but yeah, yeah. that's that's what our podcast is like.
0: Yeah, John, Johnny Drama never fully extended because he had to flex his biceps during and you can't flex the biceps during the during the full extent. It's got to just yeah. be like the forearms vertical. Pretty much. That's like, it. well, it doesn't
2: have to be anything. That's just what my body does when I scream. Anything is potable. It's just like, it's the natural reaction.
0: Well, that's it for the podcast, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's done. That's done. So, so today we wanted to talk about what the heck there's going to be with fans, right? And and I, I kind of thought it would be fun with there being no fans in Orlando, with Orlando looking more and more like it's going to happen every day. And I think we can just assume that it will at this point, even though there's not an official deal yet with the NBA and and Disney. There are going to be no fans. And I thought it would be fun if we all got together and just threw out the craziest ideas we can have for making games with no fans fun. So So everything is on the table. Like, even if it's completely unrealistic – Let's just throw it out there and, and and get everything on the table. Fair? Yes. Good ground
3: rules. Before right. we start, I want to say that I told my father that I was going to be podcasting with Fred Katz today, and he got really excited. Whoa. Wow. My dad was like, oh, awesome. I really love listening to Fred. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Shows, shows he hasn't heard me that much. He's also a big Packard fan. He says, he yeah, it also, it cheapens all the he's compliments he's given to me in the past. <laughs> no, he didn't say he has a man crush on Fred. So I think, I think you're still safe in a, your dad a hasn't seen my mustache yet though. That is true. He would be very, very
1: disgusted by that mustache.
3: <laughs> so, Your Absolutely. dad was a
1: huge fan of what Fred, Fred's work for his long stint in, in Boston yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was a huge fan of his celtics work at masslive.com yeah um and then
3: i think i think what really got him was our Jenga podcast after after we played Jenga one time we just argued with each other about our our Django game <laughs> and that that was like the entire podcast that we had with with me Fred Katz, and Chris forsberg so i, I think that's when my dad fell in love.
0: You didn't even give all the details of that podcast. That podcast, we went to a bar in Oklahoma City. We, we played Jenga at the bar. Like got full-size wild- Jenga, not the little yeah. one, the, the
3: full-size.
0: <laughs> oh, no, no, no. This is adult Jenga. Um, we were basically building a building inside the building, and we got wildly competitive about it, then ordered pizza to your room at 3 in the morning. Yeah. Shock- shockingly, the 3 in the morning pizza was not poisoned. How so many the men showed
2: up? Yes. Five men delivered it.
0: <laughs> Ordered pizza at three in the morning and recorded like a 2 a.m., 3 a.m. podcast in your hotel room at the Renaissance Hotel in Oklahoma City. I had a
3: suite. They upgraded me to a suite, I remember. We were in the suite and and berating each other about our Jenga performance.
0: Could not have talked less about basketball on that podcast. <laughs> Seven people listened, and all of their last names were either King or Cats.
3: <laughs> I actually, I think people actually enjoyed that one because we were, we were probably at least a little um, buzzed. We were. I'm we glad were someone finally said it. We were definitely not interested in talking about basketball even slightly,
2: and we just had a great time. And my my dad, I'm telling you, he fell in love. <laughs> That's the magic we're trying to recreate here, folks. You know, just uh talking about things they're not really basketball. Basketball, please. We should play virtual oversized jenga. <laughs> <laughs> We said any idea, no matter how infeasible, is on the table, Fred. So we we invited dumb dumb ideas like that when we started this exercise.
0: That's true. Have like two people play like live stream two people playing Jenga over the big board in the stadium while the game is going on, and What's have them cheer be on the based on
2: training? the jumbotron is like it's an entirely a fan based content thing. It's it's focusing on the fans. Here's and the thing. I'm a guy who plays a lot of attention to the jumbotron during here's the game. The tell you. This
3: is going to be a small arena in Orlando. This isn't going to be an NBA arena. There no is, probably jumbotron? won't be a jumbotron.
0: Can you have the playoffs without a jumbotron? <laughs> <laughs> so Sorry. here, here's my follow-up: Should they play music? Like, how important is music in the game to the TV experience versus the fan experience? Should they play music?
3: Absolutely not. It would be so creepy. To just have a song with no fans. Like, it's one thing. I think it's annoying anyway when places play music during action. But when you have the music and there's no fans to, to balance that out, it would just be so creepy. And then the only the only exception I would make is if it's the NBA on NBC theme song. <laughs> over and over. <laughs> the then
1: entirety. they should just have that on loop. Yeah. Yeah yeah I I don't know how NBA players feel about the music because it is a thing where they're bringing it up the court and they're pumping a song in the arena. they do that at every single OKC game. And so that's it was, it's a thing.
0: It was probably three years ago, three years ago maybe something like that the the Knicks did a half where they didn't play music for the whole half. And they were playing the Warriors. This was at MSG. They were playing the Warriors, and Draymond Green came out after the game and, like, killed it. Talked about how unnatural it was and how horrible it was. So maybe the players just – so many athletes are, like, uh, just creatures of habit. Like, maybe the players just want it there out of habit. I think they should go in the opposite direction. Just, like, play completely out of place, different different kind of music. Like, just play, like, (laughs) Sarah Sarah (laughs) McLachlan as LeBron's taking – taking the ball off the court <laughs> I
2: can play absolutely anything like it's it's cool i think when brooklyn do, does it and like plays brooklyn-based artists but like the celtics don't play music they will only do a defense chant or like certain things like that so it is different arena to arena if it's a small little gym like jay is describing i'm imagining like the b gym in summer league um it just feels weird to have music in that environment like if if it's gonna be fun you have to be authentic to the, like, what's actually going on there. I hate the idea of pumping in, like, 2K crowd noise. That's is oh, insane to me.
0: Me too. I don't get it. I don't, I don't get the idea of pumping in crowd noise. Like, it's one thing. So there was a moment earlier this year, the Wizards are playing in Cleveland. The Wizards were winning by, like, a ton. I forget the score, but they were winning by a lot and it was getting so loud in cleveland late in the game and i was like man and they did the thing like coming out of a timeout it was like a 20 point game with like 5 minutes left and they did a thing where it was like you know uh, come on get it together put your hands together for the cavaliers type of thing on the on the with the dj and and the, the crowd starts roaring and i was like who is this into it right now and i look around and i like actually examine it and i look around and i don't see one person cheering and the arena is one third filled and i was like because everyone had left i was like oh they're just pumping in sound and you know what in in those moments it's like kind of okay it's okay for the environment because here's the question crowd there i had to really examine it in order to notice that they were pumping in sound did they have a noise meter though Oh yeah, probably. I assume so. the noise
2: meter is the biggest uh, biggest joke in all of sports, yeah. and, if, and you're proving <laughs> really, it exactly right now, is because they're pumping in things. But yeah, no, it's it's weird in that moment to kind of like, I get what you're saying. It's more normal because there there could be crowd music like there, but uh, to completely lie to us like the noise meter does, uh, it just feels so so in, insulting intellectually.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, you can, you can suspend your belief, you know, when there are no crowd, when there's literally no crowd and the, the whole thing that you like, that's the narrative. That's the number one thing. When there's no crowd, it's just like, what are, what are we expected to believe? This is not going to make, it's just going to make it feel artificial and, and weird, you know, Jay. Yeah. Thoughts? It's just,
3: it's going to be so strange. And I had, I've had people that I'm friends with who love basketball who are actually not very excited for the season because they think it'll be such a weird product without fans. And I'm on totally the other side. I would watch a pickup game between any 10 NBA players, the 10 worst NBA players, and I would be riveted for hours because I've been missing sports. I've been missing basketball. But I think the league should use this as an opportunity because this is the first time – where they've really had to experiment and they can throw out the normal stuff right out the window. They can throw out a lot of the normal game experience. They should definitely use the players that are in the bubble for something, whether it's like crowd reactions, interviews on the side, whatever, you need to utilize the other players from other teams who will be at these playoff games. I think that's really important. Um, and then the other thing that Brad Stevens has said a few times and I agree with entirely the noises of the game the actual noises of the game you've got to take advantage of those too whether it's trash talking whether it's defensive communication whether it's you know Marcus Smart signaling to all his teammates you got to go there you got to go there you got to go there we're going to be able to notice things that we were never able to notice
1: before and the NBA should try to maximize that would you would you pay for a feed that had no commentary on it, but you could hear everything on the court? Yes.
0: Yes. I pay good money. I would I, I would pay for it and then I would expense it.
3: I, I yes. think you'd end up disappointed. <laughs> we're, we're I think playing. you would end up disappointed. Yeah but if you could or if they like really did a mic'd up player at all times, like you could hear everything a certain player said, mm-hmm. I would do pay-per-view for the right player. Like if you had if the Warriors were actually invited to the bubble, but if Draymond Green was mic'd up all the time, yeah, I would I would pay a lot of money to listen Ooh, to that. you could have tears.
1: So like if you <laughs> wanted to listen to Abdul Nader the whole time, it costs a dollar a game. <laughs> I <like this>. I <laughs> but like if you it. want to listen to Draymond Green, it's like two hundred and fifty dollars a game. Russell Westbrook high price. High price. Oh, Westbrook, $1,000 a game. Somebody creating, will pay that. We're creating an industry here because think of the
2: aggregation that will happen once everyone gets full audio of what players said during the games. That's like 17,000 blog posts per game. We are, we are regenerating the sports industry basically by just <laughs> – is this more content? And then people be? can write it down, and then people can talk about what people wrote down. It's, it's self-perpetuating. Who would be the five guys you would most want to listen to
3: if you could pay – to listen to a mic'd up version for that player, the unedited, the entire game
0: of, of the 22 teams in the bubble or. Yeah.
3: Got to be 22 teams in the bubble.
0: Cause Draymond would, would definitely be up there for me.
3: Yeah. Draymond is way up there.
0: Cause I want, I want, I want a, a mesh of like, I don't just want a guy who's a trash talker because I want a little bit of everything. I want someone who's like, I'm actually like Draymond is perfect. Cause he'll talk trash, but he's also so smart and always yeah. in the right place. And like, I'd love to hear him interacting with teammates, calling out signals. Like I would learn so much about that. I feel like, I feel like Joel Embiid
1: might be a good one. Embiid would be good.
2: Joel Embiid would definitely be a good one.
1: I oh, um, hear him panting oh, as he's Smart,
2: rubbing up and down the court just out of breath, Joel Embiid. <laughs> <sighs> 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 Is Marcus Smart on your list? Marcus
3: Smart would be he wouldn't be the top of it, but he'd be up there. He'd
2: probably be the one I'd want to listen to most from the Celtics. Yeah. Definitely a top Celtics person, I don't think he talks enough trash to be that entertaining. But I don't I don't know. I'm trying to think of like the most vocal players on like the top of the like Conference, in, but there's like, Giannis might be interesting, but I don't know. Kyle LeBron, Kyle Lowry. crazy like Kyle Lowry would be uh, probably the best on the Raptors. Kawhi Leonard is just like silence. <laughs> three,
1: <laughs> three hours of silence. <laughs> it's Fifty cents for for Kawhi's speed. Yeah,
0: I listen. To, I listen to Kawhi play basketball when I meditate. That's how I do that. <laughs> right. Jimmy
1: Butler would probably be entertaining. Jimmy would be great. Yeah. P- PJ Tucker would probably be great.
3: And Jimmy Butler mm. would have. Like the you'd never know what Jimmy Butler would say. I I, I feel like he says things that just probably cross the line pretty regularly. Yeah, and I, I have no evidence for that. I have no reason for believing that other than just that he's Jimmy
2: Butler. But I I and feel like he's very willing to talk shit in public. I feel like he's thus very willing to say it in private.
0: I mean, also presumably, when a guy okay question when a guy is mic'd up, do you get them for forty eight minutes or just the minutes they're on the floor? Oh, all forty eight. So then I'm going Robin Lopez. Oh, uh, yep, that's a good
2: pick.
1: Yeah, that was good. Robin you Lopez. Get the Lopez
0: twins. Yeah, like, you get like a package. Like you get the first Lopez twin for 100 bucks, but you can get both of them for 180. Yeah. He, if the, he, for
2: any game, the Bucks are not playing. I would like a feed of the Lopez twins doing color commentary and like doing the commentary for the game. Um, yep. I wanted as well want as many audio feed options as possible. I think that you need to enhance if audio is such a big issue and you're going to think of like putting in crowd noise. No, just like try a bunch of different things out. My I one feel- idea. I'll go for it. I was just going to say, I feel like Chris Paul weirdly, weirdly,
3: would have the most to lose from a mic'd up situation. <laughs> <laughs> he's berating his teammates. I feel like he would just be so annoying. Not that he, not that he berate teammates necessarily, but just to like the interactions with referees where he's snitching on other people, like all oh, that yeah. stuff would, all that stuff would come out and people would either love Chris Paul for it and admire the lengths that he goes to try to win a basketball game or they would be so annoyed by all the petty shit that he does during the course of a 48 minute basketball game.
2: I would pay to have a mic uh on the ref. Like I would have a Tony Brothers uh feed. <laughs> I would watch that. Just like all the stuff that gets yelled at him during the game, or Scott Foster. Like that's good stuff.
0: I got I got another one. What about uh what about Pat Beverly? Ooh, ooh, oh, yeah. That's
3: that's way up there. That might be number one, honestly.
0: Yeah, Pat Beverly could be really good if you get him on the right night. Like if they're playing, like if if he's guarding Russell Westbrook, if they happen to play Houston oh, in the second round or something like that, then that's my then Russell Westbrook and Pat Beverly are are the two feeds I'm I'm switching between.
3: Yeah, I, I would also say. Donovan Mitchell is just to hear what he says under his breath about Rudy Gobert.
1: <laughs> oh, see, that's another angle. Is what what are the players saying to each other on the same team? Because you think of like trash talk, but no, that's a, that is an interesting angle. Yeah, yeah. What,
2: like fuck coach, like he's running this play.
1: <laughs> right. You get you get the Kyrie feed, and he's just
3: berating teammates throughout <laughs> right. the entire game. You
1: get the Kyrie feed from his home.
0: Yeah. Mike him up at home. <laughs> uh, uh can i can i go outside the box too absolutely. what about uh what about doc rivers
2: yeah doc doc rivers but i feel like you'll you never hear... allow it though, with coachings this i guess we're not allowed to put restrictions on i'm
3: sorry yeah, no I restrictions. restrictions i broke I the restrictions.
0: rules come on come on come on
3: i, I would like doc rivers mm-hmm. i would also like brett brown because brett brown this is gonna sound weird to people who have who have not listened to brett brown speak he speaks in poetry.
2: He is—he <laughs> is a he's, he's the voice of a beautiful harbor master. He, mean, is a, he is a is—he's a gem. He's a much better writer as a speaker than I. Like he
3: says better sentences just during the course of an interview than i have ever written like taking days and days to write a story
0: yeah jay Jay, i can't imagine why you're not writing good enough sentences when you said say he says better sentences (laughs) can't can't imagine why you're not saying such elite sentences
1: because he's no brett brown let me tell you Hey, uh, hey, what about what about Dion? What about Dion Waiters on the Lakers? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Dion would be classic, but I feel like he, here's the, the
3: drawback to Dion. See, I'm not sure he's going to feel comfortable enough with the Lakers because he's never been teammates with those guys. Yeah. Like, and so that that's a difference. If he was fully comfortable and just being Dion. Then, yes, I'm with you, but I'm not sure he's
2: reached that level of comfortability with his new team.
1: That's true. We need 2016 Dion.
2: <laughs> Chucking yeah. Dion, yeah. I would go Rondo. Rondo seems like he's a, a pest and would really oh, willing to man. say anything at this point. And my Chris Paul stance goes
3: the other That's... way if he's against Rondo. If they play the Lakers, then Rondo, Chris Paul is, is much, is must mic'd
1: up. Yeah. Yeah, Brett brand would have got it. Rondo, Rondo's three.
0: a great combination of like Rondo's gonna say some some stuff that you're that's gonna teach you about basketball too.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. And he'll probably be calling out the other team's plays like right as soon as it happens. And that'd be a cool wrinkle to this. Like the guy you could really tell the guys who know the game entirely throughout.
0: Yeah, that's why LeBron would, would be so like Le, honestly, I, I think I would just choose LeBron. It's the most obvious answer obviously but like yeah I I think the answer is just LeBron. Yeah. I would love to know how that how the how that guy sees the game. The
3: the brain would that part would be cool. But like I feel like he doesn't have the personality that some other guys do and he's never going to get into a beef. He's never going to say anything too wrong to a teammate like I feel like you'd be missing out on some things if you choose LeBron, even though seeing how his brain operates would be majestic.
0: You know what I you know what I wish they would do? I I would love it if they just let in three fans. And the three fans were Jamal Crawford, Raymond Felton, <laughs> and J.R. Smith. And those guys just screamed at the players the whole time about how they're better than all the 15th fans. <laughs>
3: I like that. And then, then you get to see Raymond Felton, see what type of shape he's in these days. You never know. Like he he could be he
1: could be huge these days now that he, he's no longer in the league. He's in Edmond OKC. Somebody saw him the other day. Somebody I know saw him the other day going into like Walmart or something. How's he looking? He's he's looking okay. I think he's <laughs> he's still got he's still got some hope. Still got some hope. <laughs> you know who would be the worst for Mike Dup is Paul George. Yeah. I think he would be the absolute worst. Does he just I not was, say anything? I was going to say anyone
3: on the Pacers, and then you chose someone who used to play for the Pacers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. No, I, I, know like, the, poor Pacers, the poor Pacers are really good, but they're just so damn boring. They they're are. just really, really, really boring. Mm-hmm. And I don't think – like there's not one player on their team I f- think I would care to listen to. Over the course
0: of a game, of the really, really good players who are in the bubble, I actually think Andrew. I I agree with you on your sentiment, but I actually think the absolute most boring one would be Demontis Sabonis.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't remember okay. anything I've ever heard him say. I don't. Does he speak?
0: No, not really. He 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 really just says things in. He speaks in three to five word sentences. Is this a
2: language barrier thing? Are we just being bullies no. right now? No, No, it's a personal choice.
0: Personal choice. It's his personality.
3: He says sentences too?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's just very nice.
1: Like Just too nice, probably.
0: Malcolm Brogdon could be a sleeper in this.
1: Uh, No.
3: No. 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 Malcolm Brogdon is not a (laughs) sleeper. No. He's a a a really smart guy. I would listen to him speak about a lot of different topics. He is... Very, very bright. The last thing I would do is want to listen to mic'd up Malcolm Brogdon <laughs> during the <game. laughs>
0: Um there's there's one more Celtic would I, I know he's Jay's favorite. Um what about Ennis Canner?
1: Ennis? No. No. Ennis.
0: What about Steven Adams? Steven, Steven Adams, Adams would be up, way up there. Steven, Steven would, Adams be would be way up there.
1: Steven would have a lot to lose, though. I feel like because he he I feel doesn't like he
0: wouldn't care. Yeah. No, I know saying what,
1: would what would he have to just,
2: lose? Now I even want more. You're teasing me with a Steven Adams mic'd up talk.
1: I just don't know that all the fans know uh, about the colorful language that he uses. On, oh, that's exactly on the what I want to hear. Oh, that's why people fall in love. I, I agree. I agree. He becomes less family friendly because he's very, very family friendly here in OKC. But he may go up a level to everybody else. Damian that's Lillard true. would be
3: interesting too because I feel like especially in games that matter, he tends to go at someone on the other team and his, his shit talking level would be high. <laughs> yeah. I, so, I, I,
0: so yeah. What were you saying, Jay?
3: No, I would just, I would just be all in on the, the Damian Lillard experience. There are a lot of guys I would listen oh, to. Yeah. Mike. Right. up.
2: Yeah.
0: I like how, and how the Jay NBA is going to give us uh, like three
2: uh, of them. Yeah, we yeah. gave we gave yeah. so many players. It, it was yeah. just like, we really want to hear the mic. Like, we want to hear these players talking. The NBA is going to be like, we got 30 seconds of mic rim, like, rims on the mic. And it's like, here's a snippet you should get excited about. And it's like, well, that's nothing. And then they're going to yeah. pump in 2K noise and like play the latest Imagine Dragon song. <laughs> <laughs> I do Can't think wait. they need the like the fan perspective somehow. I liked your idea of like having other people in, but like I think that's why they want the crowd noises, like they want the big reaction. And so my crazy idea was to be like you have a fan for each team that gets like a camera on them or gets to go to the game and that they, they report they're on the feed too. And so they're like, like you see the fan reaction to the the live action. And so it'd be like the most famous fan from each uh team. Um Unfortunately, I think that's Donnie Wahlberg for the Celtics, which is not something I could uh, at all support. I've been anti Donnie for years now. Um, I've gotten attacked by the Donnie Hive on Twitter. Um, But I just think it'd be fun to have like celebrities there being like, oh, it's just like react like because you want the reaction to the cool like dunk that just swings momentum or like something like that. You want that like fan element in there.
0: Hey, man, for the Wizards, it would be like Wolf Blitzer. So things could be worse. <laughs> Pretty cool. I I like the idea. I like the idea of one fan. I, I actually like I saw somebody float the idea of and, and I like this. I saw someone float the idea of having like a group of like 30 or however many is viable fans on Zoom. And then you put Zoom up on because there is like a big board or something like that there. I don't know if it's a full on Jumbotron, but then you put the Zoom, you stream the Zoom with the thirty fans or forty fans or twenty five fans. Did you watch the fans. NFL draft? Yeah, part of it. Yeah,
3: because that was the corniest thing I've ever <laughs> seen. When when they had the fan reactions, and it was so
2: stupid because the well,
3: because fans- that's
0: just
2: a that's just a bureaucracy that's televised. I think mean, it's like they're not reacting to actual events; they're a, a reacting to a an announcement. <laughs> I I would love. To- if the fan was like some crazy crazy like
3: up and down volatile person that would be fun to watch like like the Celtics fall down by 1 with 10 seconds left and you flip to some nut job watching in his in his room like the craziest fan not not the most famous fan not the best fan but the most volatile fan who's who's <laughs> likely to do anything with 10 seconds left in a playoff game that's what I would want
2: to see. Like just the, the- person just tweeting at like the, the players have ruined his life. And just like the, you know, the angry swings of fans during the games, we need live cameras on them because that's like, that's where the passion comes in.
3: If we could watch that, I'd be okay with it. But if if it's, if it's like the fake fandom that the NFL shows, I'm so
2: out on it.
1: So this I mean, is broadcast could- like in the arena. Like what's
2: the idea? Well, what There's you I'm do watch. I'm imagining Honestly. on television. I don't in the arena just seems weird.
1: Yeah. What yeah. what like,
0: you could do is it viable to where you just like if you're a team like you just send out the like you tweet it out, you put it on your Facebook, you do whatever and you send out the link. Like, okay, you want to watch the game, you want to contribute to the fan noise, click on this link and just leave it open throughout the game. And then all the fan, like all of your audio is gonna stream into one thing, which is gonna come out of the speakers in the arena and it's actual crowd noise. And if you get 15,000 people, I mean, how many people watch these Instagram lives? If you get just 15,000 people just clicking on the link, and just watching the game normally there are going to be natural cheers throughout the game when you're watching at home You'll be com- the conversations will all turn into white noise because you have 15,000 people on there and it'll start to sound more like crowd noise and it'll at least be like it'll hit the right notes, someone will hit a big shot and the cheers will come at the right moment as opposed to just like splicing in NBA 2K sound which is ridiculous because if someone hits a game winning shot you're just going to get the same 2K sound as when somebody misses a uh, 13 footer in the second quarter of a 17 point game. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous that that doesn't do anything for the environment or anything like that. At least like you get real people having actual reactions in that sense. And if you get enough people on there, if you can have that, like that white noise crowd effect, Is that something.
2: I think you're massively overestimating the speed of sound that can travel over technology. Where, like, a play is supposed to happen, be transmitted out to everyone watching the game and their live reaction, that noise is going to come back. in. <laughs> you, <laughs> I like you, the idea. I just think there's like one big step that you overlooked. Before you you'd have this big
3: cheer like just while a team was like s- setting up on defense. Like right. there would just be a massive cheer, or like like groans from the crowd, while That's nothing true. was going on.
2: I just also, like, why would like fifteen thousand people in your ear? Like it, that just sounds
0: stressful. Like it would that, be chaos. <laughs> it'd be like the movie Uncut Gems, or just no, like constant noise. <laughs> it's you don't have to. You don't have to listen to anything. There's there's no output on the link. It's going. It's go, You're you're contributing to the sound. There's nothing for you to listen to in that link. I would be horrified that like that like whatever corporation sponsoring the link would just be spying on me the whole time I had the game and recording they would be.
2: And people would be hacking it and people would be saying ridiculous things. And if you could ever get that one moment where everyone else was silent and you could say the one thing. I
1: know, that's what I was just thinking of.
2: It's like, how do you control that? I don't know. I think there's ways for which the teams can try to like bring fan bases together. I think like the idea of a Zoom call, it's just the the whole part of syncing it up live is uh, pretty difficult.
0: How do you guys feel about um like in in Taiwan they've had baseball, some leagues they have soccer, in Korea they've had baseball. They've they've done like stuffed animals, they've done they've done uh blow up dolls, <laughs> <laughs> they've done they've done all these ridiculous things. I think they did like cardboard cutouts of people. Yeah. Where do you stand on on those?
3: That's an absolute no from me. What the fuck is the point <laughs> of having inanimate objects in the crowd? Sightlines, bro. Sightlines. Sight, oh, I, I can't wait to see a blow-up doll in the stands. Like, <laughs> awesome. that That's just what I wanted to see when I tune into an NBA playoff broadcast. Like, no, no. This is – that is an absolutely a bad idea. What it's, about uh, I think people characters? Are, I think people are overreacting to how – different the crowd is going to look, it'll just look like a Miami Heat crowd in the first quarter. Ooh, (laughs)
1: classic. Are we overrating how much the crowd plays into this? I mean, these guys play basketball not in front of a crowd all the time. Do they really – do you think that they really need a crowd? When I play 2K
2: and I'm in the Boston Garden, a little A-plus for atmosphere comes up in the corner, and you're going to tell me that means nothing? Just asking.
1: Just asking the question. I think
3: think the biggest part is – Home court advantage, um, but like there are seven games in a playoff series, three are on one home court, three are on the other. It's that one extra game that the home court advantage will be different. So if, mm-hmm. if a game seven happens, it will matter that there's no crowd, that a team's not in the home court. But other than that, I, I don't. I don't think it'll matter that much. I think players will have i think from a playing perspective it'll be pretty similar but the moments that you get with with the crowd and especially like i'm thinking when damian lillard hit the three to end the series Mm -hmm. both threes to end the series but when he hit that the the joy and the atmosphere is unrivaled there is nothing like that moment and part of it part of watching it is seeing everybody experience it at the same time, mm-hmm. and that's just that's
2: just not going to be there anymore. It'll be more like, an- well, you get fifteen thousand people in your ear at the same time with Fred's idea, <laughs>
3: <laughs> but ten seconds late. So Damian Lewis will hit the shot, and then ten seconds later, you'd hear fifteen thousand screaming Portlandians.
0: <laughs> we're we're working on the technology to bring. It to <laughs> we've we've got it in, we've got it in route. Um, I. I'm curious about two things with the fans. I want to know number one, like Jay, you mentioned home court advantage, but like what is really home court advantage? Because there's the travel side of it and then there's the environment, the environment side of it, right? And I'm I curious. Think, number I one, think there are.
3: I think there are studies that the biggest thing is that His the whole crowd impacts the referees.
0: Yeah, so I'm curious about that. The other thing I'm curious about... This could about, be the
3: best ref playoff of all time. <laughs> <For real. laughs>
0: is, is everyone going to shoot 85% from the line or better?
3: No, everyone's going to shoot very shitty from the line because they haven't touched a basketball in years. Oh, we, we've got we've got a female in Schleck's feet.
0: <laughs> oh, we've, hey, got, we've a got a kid. We've,
3: we've got, got kids. a kid
0: we've got kids running in
3: (laughs) the Schleck family has has returned yeah
0: well I I am genuinely curious because like how many times have you guys watched NBA games or NBA practices I mean and you see like Dwight Howard shooting free throws at the end of a practice and he hits 27 free throws in a row or someone who shoots 58% from the line and he hits a million free throws in a row. And the two reasons that we hear for why guys shoot worse in games are number one, they're more tired from games. And number two, it's the only action in a game where a guy is just standing there by himself and everyone's watching him and everything is stopped. And the mental pressure is on that guy. And, but the I'm game sure. intensity would be the same.
2: Like you still uh, have to hit the hit here, the free Here's throw my reaction to get
0: the point. Right? Have, is it though? Is it have, really the same? Have you been the had. NBA
2: playoffs? And they're like, and you need these two points it's, to it's,
3: tie the it's, game. It's, it's absolutely the same. Have you ever, like, after a practice, sat there and your coach your coach had you shoot two free throws, you had to make them both, or else your team would run. And you're sitting there in a wide open gym. There's there's nothing like that pressure of sitting there in a wide open gym. The only people that care about you making the free throws are your teammates. That that That's real pressure. I, I don't think the fans have anything to do with that. I think it's just the, the game pressure itself.
0: Well, I think there's game pressure in like it's the fourth quarter and there's seven seconds left and you're down two and you're on the line you have to make two. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying second quarter, 12-point game, you know, so and so's Giannis is at the line. He shoots sixty one percent this year, or whatever the heck it is, like way down from before. Is is he all of a sudden going to be a seventy five or eighty percent free throw shooter now? Like, I just hmm. i I think it's viable, and I'm sure it's different for different people. But I bet you there is somebody who is normally a terrible free throw shooter who's going to start making a bunch of them.
2: Well, that's the thing we're going to see is like how like some guys, it feels like they feed off the crowd. And like, I've been under the belief that like role players shoot better at home during the playoffs, just cause like they're in that like more comfortable zone. And so we're going to see, like, it's going to be incredibly small sample size, but I'm ready to jump to conclusions about like who needs the crowd to play well, or like who can just like play in any, uh, situation, but it's going to, I think it's, there's no, it's kind of interesting cause we're controlling for everything by having it all be in the same, um, gym so you're just like removing the home road variable and it just like it will teach us about certain players and just like how if, whether or not they're good like how much the home environment like actually impacts their like positive psychology things like that so it's going to be interesting i have no idea i have no idea how it's going to change things
1: i am a i am an idiot i think you're saying Andre robertson finals mvp is what you're saying <laughs> i think it, is he bad at home or bad on the road Oh, he just can't shoot. But maybe, maybe it's <laughs> maybe, just been
2: maybe he's scared of crowds. It's, maybe it's he's
1: agoraphobic. Agoraphobic.
0: <laughs> I I want to see them do an AAU type of thing. Like in all seriousness, I would like to see them do an AAU type of thing. And since they're all playing in the same arena, I feel just like this
3: like, this whole thing is an AAU type of thing, right?
0: Well, well, what I want is like, all right, you've got wizards, magic. Well, that that will only be a play on playing game. So let's say you've got you've got Magic Bucks playing in the first round of the playoffs. Right. And they've got the 5 p.m. game. And next up at 8 p.m. is the Lakers are playing the Grizzlies. Like when when that Eastern Conference game is going, I want the Lakers and Grizzlies in the in the crowd. I like think in that'll the happen. watching the game.
3: I think and, that'll definitely happen. Right.
0: And show the cameras yeah. like show because that way, at least like. When you have – when Giannis has an awesome dunk in that game and no one reacts, it's like, well, that's kind of lame and awkward. But at least, like, not only do you get to see some people react, but you get to see how their peers react. And I feel like like you talk about, Jay, like the shooting the free throws or else you're the whole team has to run. Like, guys want to perform in front of their peers. And I think it will be cool to see, like – Oh look at LeBron freaking out over that crazy West Matthews shot! You know, like I think scenarios like like that could pre- that could present some cool fan scenarios if you just have the teams that are coming on next watch and then like go to the locker room in the middle of the third quarter or something like
3: that. Yeah, this will be the first and only time guys will ever be able to watch other playoff games inside the same building while they're in the playoffs mm-hmm. and. I th- I think that could be a really really cool thing. Like you could it it would be funny too if like I don't know, like the the Celtics and Sixers are playing in the first round and the Raptors are openly rooting for the Sixers because they don't want to play the Celtics or something like that. Like that would be hilarious. It w- I don't think that would ever happen, but I would love to see shit like that. I would love to see the
2: pettiness of players really thrive during this AAU type environment. What's the social distancing policy? So would it have to be like 12 guys all six feet away? Or like once they're in the bubble playing, like they can sit near each other.
0: You guys listen to the podcast. You guys listen to that. It's, it's one of our baseball podcasts. It's great. Anyway, Brandon McCarthy, if you remember him, former major leaguer, made the point about this in reference to baseball. And it was a good one. It's like baseball is trying to come up with all these different ways you want to, like you, you should have to sit, sit in the dugout, right? You have to be certainly spaced out when you sit in the dugout. And then, like, they're just going to go into the clubhouse and be on top of each other in the clubhouse. Like, so much of that stuff is just for appearances. It's like, okay, so we're going to make the seats on the bench really far apart. Oh, and then you can all go on the floor and jump on top of each other (laughs) for two and a half hours. Like, is the fact that the benches are one seat apart really making a difference when you're going out there and playing basketball against each other once you're off the bench? Like, it's ridiculous. You're rubbing up against each other and jumping on each other and bumping with each other. It's like, it, it is It is the worst sport for coronavirus I could possibly think of. You are mm-hmm. indoors. You are wearing as, as limited clothing as you could that would be like socially acceptable. You are sweating on each other. You're talking and screaming constantly like it's it's it is the worst it is like if if you wanted to have a group of people spread coronavirus as quickly as possible you would ask them to play basketball against one another and then go into a smaller room and sing as part of a chorus and those would be (laughs) the two ways that you would do it so it's like and all they're gonna do is bring out a national anthem singer and then play a basketball game and it's like you're really worried like it's nice to consider, yeah, okay, take the precautions that you reasonably can and put the seats a seat apart or whatever you're going to do. But it's like if you're playing basketball against each other, is it really going to make that big of a difference if you seat, sit a seat apart? You're still going to be jumping on top of each other for two hours. So like all that stuff, I'm like, if you're playing basketball, you're accepting the risk anyway. Are they going to bring in one anthem singer to just sing the anthem
1: at every game?
3: Do they even have an anthem at every game, or do they just do an anthem for the first game? Because
2: there are there are you some like much. high school tournaments and stuff that just go one.
1: Mm-hmm. I, also, uh, the
2: anthem takes on a whole new meaning right now uh, yeah. okay. with like kneeling and things like that. And so that's going to be a real political decision made by the NBA.
0: Um, but I have no idea how they're going to handle that. You could stream it in. Or you could just have like they're gonna be essential workers, like they're gonna have people working in the hotels. I imagine they'll have a grocery store, like Jared somebody, Dudley
2: sings it every time.
0: Somebody who works there, somebody who works there sings. I
2: think like, they need to use oh. the other players as like all the other entertainment, like sideline. Like you've we've accepted that they're all going to be on top of each other. So I agree with you, Fred. It's like presumably these players have tested negative and don't have the coronavirus. And so like being close to each other shouldn't matter after that. But uh, like Jared Dudley should be a sideline reporter, like interviewing uh, a coach on another team, or like something like that. Just or I like the idea of players interviewing you're, other you're, players after games. You're talking like about players only, only broadcasts. Haven't you learned from the players only broadcast? <laughs> totally they're not there interacting with the players as it's going. I'm just saying we've we've got to get rid of the players only broadcast. I mean, we
0: got to get rid of cweb but like uh, there's things <laughs> things can be improved everywhere. <laughs> You could have Victor Oladipo on retainer for the national anthem. Retainer, yeah. Just have Oladipo sing national anthem. Jerry Stackhouse, I think it was the year he his last year in the league when he was playing for the Nets. He sang the national anthem before a Nets game. So you just have was he any good? Uh, He was he was fine. I mean, he's not going to get a he's not going to get a recording deal, but for just like a normal dude, he's got a very nice voice.
1: Mo Cheeks, I think Mo Cheeks will do it again. I'm to help that
3: girl. Mo oh, Cheeks, yeah. that was a legendary moment when yeah. Mo Cheeks, I mean, she just spaced out. That little poor little girl just spaced out. Mo Cheeks, he came to the rescue. That was like one of the nicest things <laughs> you'll ever see. Just, just a man in the heat of the moment, just deciding he was going to lift up a little child.
0: It was awesome. That, was, that awesome. was great. That was great. Anybody else? James Jones has a really nice singing voice. I imagine he'll be there. James Does he? Jones. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful voice. Beautiful, gorgeous. I'm stunned.
3: James Jones. He he's kind of a a jack of all trades type, huh? Like he's a a fierce mixed martial artist or whatever he is. No, that's
0: James Johnson.
3: Oh, I'm I'm, I'm mix, mixing up my James James J's. James Jones isn't even in the league anymore, bro. Well, he's
0: the GM of the Suns.
3: Yeah, fair. <laughs>
0: so, so I imagine. I imagine who, are, who are invited to the bubble for some stupid yeah.
3: reason, <laughs> yeah, no, even kidding. though they're on track for 33 wins.
0: Yeah. You can, you can maybe get James Jones to do it. Does anybody else in the NBA sing that we know of? Nope. Kyrie. No. Kyrie has Kyrie a song. does
2: sing. Kyrie does
3: sing. And he won't be playing in the games. Kyrie could be the
2: answer.
0: You could, I mean, I guess damn, damn is musical. I would love to be
2: in the room when the NBA approached Kyrie with the idea of singing the national anthem right now and to hear his response. Uh, oh, I would pay yeah. top dollar to hear whatever came out of Kyrie's mouth after in response to that request. Oh, my God. What was his song called? kyrie ridiculous or something? Yeah. It was, it was on the – Oh, uh, no. What's the movie he made? I've it never, wasn't um, that uh, bad. No, it, no, it was wasn't a bop. that bad. It was a bit of a bop. It was on the Uncle Drew soundtrack. <laughs> it's a bit of a bop. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. That that song was
0: was halfway okay. <laughs> I mean, there's there's got to be some player in the league who just like we have no idea and has a great singing voice. There's got to be someone. Someone in that bubble has a great singing voice.
2: We just got to, so we're also just going to turn the bubble into other reality shows. So just like, all right, now that's American Idol. Who is the yeah. best singer? <laughs> if you lose, you have to participate in our rest of our ESPN TNT programming.
0: Honestly, there are so many opportunities for revenue streams They could do like a online only Rebisode thing on like social media and on NBA.com where they have all the essential workers there who want to audition to sing the national anthem, <laughs> do an American. An idol type of thing and then players are
2: judges yeah i mean throw
0: yeah throw a couple ads presented by state farm and you just you just stream it on like bleacher report or something and and then and then you're good make a couple extra bucks right there see the only
1: reason the nba is worried about money is because they won't listen to us yeah (laughs) that's it. it's not using their brains they're not thinking outside the box the (laughs) pay-per-view mic'd up would be a
3: billion dollar idea
0: in all seriousness, you think a player like you think the players would go for that? I don't think they'd ever go for that.
3: So here here's what you do. You cut them a piece of the profits. Whoever agrees mm-hmm. to do it, you cut them a piece of the profits. And whoever whichever player is the, you know, the most desired pay-per-view mic'd up guy ends up getting a nice chunk of cash on top of what he normally would. And then also I like that part too, because then you'd have guys competing to have the most entertaining mic'd up. Yep. And so it would just push everybody to a new level of crazy
1: on the court. Oh, and you could have it like stocks. So, like obviously you'd have guys that stocks start really high, but maybe yep. after three games, that guy's They're no boring good. As hell,
0: yeah. You, <laughs> you know what? Andrew, today. Andrew just convinced me. You know who would do this? Spencer Dinwiddie. Yep. <laughs> Andrew crypto. just convinced me. <laughs> if you right. do it, if you do it in Bitcoin, if you connect it to Spencer crypto, Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie's there. Dimwitty would jump all over this. You could do it in Bitcoin. Dimwitty, I feel like Dimwitty just spends the whole game. Like he'll be like, he'll be like guarding, uh, you know, Steph Curry and out there and just be like, oh, I have so much more Bitcoin than you. <laughs> just, just trash talks about cryptocurrencies. Steph, you might have more threes, but I know so much more about foreign markets. <laughs> De-bank yourself. <laughs>
3: Uh, what other ideas you guys got
0: I mean I I had a playoff idea which is obviously never a real thing but just the thing that I really would have loved to to see instead of them just doing the playoffs the way they did I would have just really wanted them the top teams to have a live draft with every since they're all in the same location have a live draft at the end of the regular season everyone in the same room with the top teams picking who they want to play
2: in the first round But who gets to make the pick? Is it the GM?
0: Is it the coach? Is it a poll of the players? Pick as an organization. But I think it would be more fun if like LeBron did it for the Lakers. But you pick as an organization.
2: But like each team, like LeBron, whoever LeBron decided they would probably play. It would be weird to see that it'd be interesting to see the team dynamic of like who who makes that power decision because it feels like the teams with the big superstars probably have more say in that. So it's like if K, well, Katie's not going to play, but if Giannis really wants the uh, the Sixers because he like has a rivalry or something, it'd be like, would do you choose? That or you purely go for your uh, the easiest
0: path? Yeah, I mean, you could make that a live televised event with everybody in the arena at once, and then like just like have the camera. On the team that, you know, the like the Bucs had the best record in the league and Giannis is like, we want to play the Memphis Grizzlies. And you have the camera on jaw and him being like, my dad was my first hater and now Giannis is my second. See, (laughs) I
3: think I feel like in theory that sounds great, but I feel like if it actually happened, it wouldn't be that entertaining. You'd be like, it'd be the Bucs would get the first pick and it would be like the Bucs select. The Orlando Magic, and then then they cut to Aaron Gordon, and he's like, "Yeah, that makes sense."
0: <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Did you see Aaron Gordon's uh, post post dunk contest press conference when he just hit yeah. the world on fire? Aaron Gordon might have, but some yeah, but
3: he fun got cheated night. in the dunk contest. He knows his game. team is ass cheeks.
0: <laughs> Fair. I I think it'd be I think it'd be fun. Like, and even, even if it was just like, just a very simple draft style thing, 30 minutes, the, the eight top teams draft, or it's really the seven top teams and the eighth team gets stuck with whoever is the remaining team, but the seven teams, top teams draft who they want to play. Like, this is a time where you could do that because there are no travel concerns. I think that would be fun. And honestly, if you're the league I'm sure they do care about safety. Obviously they care about safety and I know they're coming up with a plan, but the reason you're doing this is to make money. That's the, that's the, that's the priority. And if you want to bring in some, some more money, have that draft, just televise that thing. And like, then let the playoffs begin. There are no concerns with travel. doesn't matter. I mean the video Mm -hmm. coordinators would be furious because they'd have no idea how to prep for teams, but whatever, it's an equal disadvantage for everybody except for I guess the number one, the number one team, who knows who they're going to be picking, but whatever. The number one team, they deserve to have an advantage.
2: I'm with it. I'm for it.
0: Yeah, it'll never happen. Unfortunate. <laughs> it'll never happen. <laughs> it'll never happen. But I'm I'm all for it, and it like also adds like kind of a fun, and um, adds like a fun narrative to a playoff series. You know, like mm-hmm. it adds it adds like the whole it actually gives credence to the nobody believed in us narrative because you can say they didn't believe in us. They wanted to play us. Let's go. Let's go fight them. So I feel like it adds some competitiveness to a series. Like even if it's like a one eight, who's the team that would
2: react the best to being like picked last who are like, would use it the most as fuel. I feel like like I think about this in sports, mostly with the Patriots where they'll take anything and be like, they didn't believe in us. Like, this is the, they're out to get us, but like I feel like they react well to that.
3: Belichick would t- somehow convince his team that whoever they picked picked them. He'd <laughs> yeah. be like, "They wanted to play you guys. This this is how it happened."
2: <laughs> the Patriots select, <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, but what? Yeah, what team? What team? Because you have to have. I feel like the Rockets yeah, would Houston, get for sure. picked picked early, and it, it would be like Harden would be furious, Westbrook would be furious, and that would just be a clash during during that playoff series. Plus, the Rockets, they're good enough to actually do something with that. I think the other one, Lillard, is a guy who would use something like that as, as fuel yep. and is
2: good enough that when he's motivated like that, he might be able to sink you. Jay has a huge playoff crush on Damian Lillard. I think this is like the third or fourth podcast in a row where he's brought up, and this is the second time. Did on you this see podcast. the team he took to the Western Conference <laughs> Finals last year? Unless did you I'm, see I'm,
3: that team? It was Mo Harkless. Jay it was, was not Al criticism. Faruka-Mino. It was observation. It
2: was <laughs> Ennis Cantor and CJ McCall. Like that was. I think their starting lineup, right? Like that. I is- am not attacking your feelings. I'm just simply pointing them out It's it's justified crush. Uh, Cantor with just, one arm too. Yeah, the
3: one armed Ennis Cantor.
2: Can we have a no mics on Ennis Canner? Can we just say that there, he, no one is allowed to talk to him because he's just gonna ham it up and like steal other people's content? That's all he does on like Twitter. is just steal other people's stuff, jokes. I just I have no time for it.
0: Uh, picking if someone picked Philly, I feel like that could, like I feel like seeing seeing how Philly responded to that would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's and, enough and to get honestly, Ben Simmons
2: and Joe Embiid not to hate each other.
0: Honestly, I think Memphis would would have a great reaction. Like Memphis is constantly accusing, like those guys are so competitive. Ja is so competitive. Brandon, yeah, Clark-
3: but then they just get drop kicked anyway. Like they're, no, they're no, not enough they, they just- to do something about it.
0: <laughs> they would, of course they they'd lose. I'm just talking from like I would love to see their react like those guys reactions that like i feel like responses we would because we don't know them that well these are like a bunch of rookies and second year guys like it would be nice to just kind of see how they respond as a way to learn about who they are
3: it it was it was great when andre guadala didn't play for them and chose not to play for them and then when he went to the heat or whatever they had all the tweets about it and they acted like they were like a championship contender meanwhile Mm -hmm. like you're you're are they sub 500? I think they're sub 500. Like, you're they're sub
0: 500, bro. They're right around 32 about and 33.
3: Yeah. So they acted like they were puffing out their chest, like, man, he should have played for us. It's like, no, Andre Iguadala does not want to play with a bunch of bums. <laughs> and you guys, like, you're, you, you would surprise everybody this year. You were much better than everyone anticipated. But Andre Iguadala is not playing for a 500 roster. Like, no, you guys have an inflated sense of self. <laughs> So yeah, I, I I do agree with you. There would be some petty tweets after they were drafted first or second in, in the draft, and then they just get swept by the Lakers <laughs> or Clippers or whoever.
0: Who uh who do you think would have the most boring reaction? I think it's if if San Antonio somehow sneaks into the playoffs, I think the answer is oh, yeah. San Antonio, right? Can we all agree yeah. on that?
2: Yes. Yes.
0: Um, I just don't
2: want them in the playoffs. There's just no need for them. There's just or the Magic because
3: nobody, like literally nobody would care about them at all. Yeah. Like zero care. Ex- the Pelicans would be, would be fun because I feel like teams might want to play Zion just to try to beat him.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: How rigged are the games going to be for the Pelicans for the first eight games to get them in? Like, <laughs> are his Tony brothers going to do on every single uh, one of their games or fix it? Like, it feels like the whole point is just to get the Pelicans in that eight seed. A lot of Tony yeah. brothers slander today. I, I'm not here to. for it. <laughs> what? That's absurd. He is one of the worst refs in the league, and his name is very fun to say. And you can say Tony, Tony, Tony. I will say, I don't know if I've ever shared the story on the
3: podcast, but... One day, I might have, one day at Celtics practice, they were having a scrimmage. This was years and years ago. Player that is no longer on the team. Um, one of the coaches was, was refing made a terrible call, and the player, who shall not be named, said, man, you're acting like Tony Brothers out here. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was it, it was fantastic. It was
2: fantastic. One of my favorite moments of practice. That's not Tony brother's slander. That's Tony brother's hearsay. So um, I'm glad we could address that. (laughs) (laughs) That is the Tony brother's truth.
0: All right, guys. Anything to plug before we uh, wrap up?
2: Nope. Nothing. Literally. Uh, Large scale criminal justice reform. uh, The defunding of the police is what I'm going to plug right now. Wow. That is quite a topic to just throw in at the end.
0: <laughs> yeah, I told of the
2: you,
0: I'm, <laughs> it's a I'm personal really, belief. Um, I'm really glad that we've spent uh, this entire podcast on such uh, you know serious and important issues in in these vital times. You got to hear go, both sides for you to get that in. Yeah, you can um, you can check out on the Athletic DC. I've got a story on John Lucas getting into the DC Sports Hall of Fame, and I. On those issues, I did speak to Natasha Cloud, who is just an awesome advocate, um, you know, activist speaking out against gun violence and racism. And um, she's brilliant and plays for the mystics. And and she is just she's a brilliant person. I spoke to her for a while about Black Lives Matter and she was great. So you can check that out in the Athletic DC too. Um, subscribe to Wizards After Dark, wherever you listen to podcasts, subscribe to Anything is Potable. Wherever you listen to podcasts, give us five stars on iTunes. Leave us a nice review. Uh, if you want to be an Athletic subscriber, you can go to theathletic.com/slash-wizards-after-dark and you can get forty percent off on an annual subscription. That's thirty six dollars for the full year. Uh, guys, what's what's your code? I assume with theathletic.com anything is
2: potable. Yeah, theathletic.com/slash anything is potable. If you're deciding to subscribe to the Athletic right now. It's a direct competition between who, which crew you like more, and so the code <laughs> you choose is very important.
0: That's true. If you if you like anything as potable more, then you can sign up with the Wizards After Dark code. And <laughs> uh, if you like Wizards After Dark more, you can sign up with the Wizards After Dark code. Uh, thank you, guys. This was uh, pointless as usual. And
2: uh, as
3: That's a good place to end it.